We're going to welcome into the program Scott Chasen from uh, Kansas 24-7 Sports. Uh, Scott, uh, Puka, Puka Williams is, is opting out. Was did, did, did that catch anybody by surprise or was that kind of expected? You know, uh, I'm not sure it was necessarily uh, expected. And obviously the reason that he gave um, was uh, because of the family health issue. Now, I, I think it is reasonable. I think it is fair um, for some people to, to maybe not ask some questions about if there is a health issue. I certainly believe that's happening and certainly, you know, wish him all the best with everything going on there. And I believe it's with his mother. Um, but I, I think there, it is very reasonable and realistic to look at uh, kind of the total uh, picture and, and basically everything going on with uh, with Kansas this season. You know, a couple weeks ago I was on a, a radio program and one of the questions I got was, why is Puka Williams not opting out? Why why is he still here? Why is he trying to run behind a really bad offensive line on a really bad team when he's banged up and he's probably costing or could be costing himself NFL money? So this is not a new uh, idea that, you know, no one had considered that he would be doing this. And in fact, I, I would say most people who probably, you know, from the outside looking in were like, yeah, why, why is this guy continuing to do that? So from that perspective, it makes sense. Obviously, the reason is maybe something that um, people didn't know about. Now, we kind of do know about it. And like I said, obviously wish uh, Puka and his family the best. But um, a, lot, a lot of circumstances would uh, kind of, I think, lead you to, to say this was probably the right decision for Puka. So well, when, you, when you talk about, I'm sorry, when you talk about the, the, a bad offensive line and, and, and not having the season that Coach Miles wants, can you tell us a little bit about the recruiting philosophy and kind of the direction that it's changed since they've gone away from, you know, taking so many junior college players there? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, just for reference, or, or I guess to, to paint the whole picture here, it, it, the, the problem at Kansas, and I know a lot of people know this, but some still don't, and is, is that you know starting with Charlie White, the program took a lot of JUCO guys. Uh, there was this quote-unquote dream team of, of JUCO talent, uh, and, and then a bunch of them ended up for a lot of reasons leaving the team, getting kicked off the team, uh, not being very good. And David Beatty came to Kansas with this promise of you know, hey, I'm connected in Texas, and I'm. I'm in this, you know, legion of Texas high school coaches, and now I'm going to, you know, bring in a bunch of high school talent. Well, David Beatty started by taking a lot of JUCO talent, and his final class had more than 17 JUCO players. Now, not all were scholarships, but any, even a walk-on that's a JUCO walk-on is not a high school walk-on. So, um, you know, David Beatty did some good to fix the numbers, and then toward the end of his career, either because he couldn't land any high school players, because um, you know, maybe maybe the losses at Kansas and, and his recruiting approach grew stale, or because, you know, he was really focused on winning now, he, he continued to dip into that well, and it's all fine and well, except, you know, JUCO players aren't 100% success rate either, and Kansas has landed a lot of JUCO guys uh, that, that really haven't panned out. And, uh, you know, Les Miles, this last recruiting class, took 25 or 26 high school names. And... For years, Kansas fans asked, why won't the coach do this? Why won't a coach just fix the numbers and go high school talent only for a couple of years and, and restore the program? And you're kind of seeing it. I mean, uh, you start with Kansas's offensive line. Kansas's left tackle uh, was playing guard. Kansas's right tackle was a tight end, turned left tackle, 
who wasn't very good at that, so then he was playing right tackle, and now they have a guard playing right tackle. So Kansas's line is just an absolute mess right now, and part of that's because uh, David Beatty's last recruiting class, he took so many extra names that it limited how many people uh, Les Miles could take. You know, David Beatty did some creative things with, like, blue shirts, gray shirts, all that kind of stuff that really limited Les Miles' first class. So they didn't take any offensive linemen in their first class. Now, I think they expected to have at least one more tackle available um, in Antoine Frazier, who opted out uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, no one obviously could have seen that coming. Uh, then ended up in the transfer portal. So, uh, you know, that was one tackle option that was down, and they had another guy who uh, may have had some surgery before the season that I think they were also expecting to compete for a tackle spot. So there are things that contribute, and, you know, the, it's not to absolve them of any blame. But that being said, um, Les Miles came to, to Kansas knowing that he was in a tough spot, knowing that it might look rough. But uh, to his credit, at least, he has decided that he is going to uh, kind of build his way out the, the correct way and, and not try and shortcut the system, which, uh, if nothing else, that, I think that's fairly commendable. Scott, so going forward right now, uh, who do you expect to step up in the running back position? I know you got three different guys from Texas. You got Vilton Gardner from Dallas Skyline and Jack Caldwell from Pearland, Tory Lachlan from our backyard in Rockdale. Is it going to be a running back by committee, or is there anybody that's going to just take it over you know, by themselves? You know, I'm a huge fan of Elton Gardner. I, I think he has all the talent. I think he has the ability in the open field to make guys miss, and, and we've already seen he has a 61-yard touchdown run this year. Uh, last year, he had a couple long runs, including one uh, against TCU, where you know, same thing make, makes a guy just miss in, in the open field. And I, I'm not comparing these players, but a local a local guy to Kansas City now because he, he was drafted by the Chiefs in the first round was Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, and it, you watch them run, they have some similarities. Obviously, they're not the same caliber player, obviously. But, you know, for Chiefs fans at least, that's like, oh, you know, I, I recognize some of the things he's doing. So I, I think Milton Gardner is a very talented back uh, that you guys are obviously familiar with. And, you know, and I'll tell you what about Tory Laughlin. Uh, I, I wrote a really long feature about him before the season, a few thousand words, um, just, just kind of about how, uh, in, you know, basically he's thrived doing a number of different things. I mean, uh, be it uh, baseball, be it football, be it like lacrosse or rugby, or, or I believe it was lacrosse, um, be it track. He, he's basically done like a, a trillion different things. He's thrived at all of them. And when I talked to the Kansas coaches, uh, what they've told me is he's too good not to get on the field in some way, shape, or form. Well, so far, that's looked like special teams. And, uh, you know, Kansas's quarterback situation is really dire. Not because I don't think they have names they're happy about. I think they have one guy they wanted to be the starter who got injured the first game, and then they had a true freshman that they were happy to, you know, quote-unquote, take their lumps with and say, you know, you're throwing out a true freshman it's not going to go very well um, uh, who got injured in the third game. So they have their, their top two options, a quarterback injured, and then their fourth option, a quarterback injured. So they're really locked into the guy they've got now. Uh, I, I thought coming into the year it could have been interesting to give – uh, a Tory Lachlan, a shot. I mean, obviously, this is a guy who uh, threw for 2,500 passing yards in high school, nearly rushed for 2,500 yards, had 60 total touchdowns, and what led his team to his first state uh, championship in like 40 years. A guy who was named a captain three months after showing up on campus uh, or at his senior year in high school and then said, I shouldn't be a captain. You should give it to someone who's been there longer than me, which, um, you know, I think is the ultimate sign of, of someone who should be a captain and a leader. So uh, I've been surprised he hasn't played more 
uh, maybe as a quarterback, because I, I think he'd probably be a better option than who Kansas has now. Uh, but in the run game, Dalton Gardner and, and Daniel Hyshaw out of Oklahoma, uh, those would be the two guys I'd keep an eye on. Hey, you touched on special teams a little bit right there, and Puka last week was just special teams player of the week for Kansas. So who steps up in that role You know, in the kicking game as well? Yeah, they used him a little bit more against Oklahoma State, actually. And, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, returned a uh, kickoff for a touchdown against West Virginia. Um, the guy that that I think is probably Kansas' best option at kick return uh, is actually a guy with an absolutely insane story. His name is Jamal Horn. Uh, he has a laser-tested 42840, uh, which is absolutely world-class, unbelievable. He's the fastest player on the team. Um, and, and another guy that I actually profiled uh, last year, and his story is insane because he showed up on KU's campus uh, without any guarantee whatsoever that he would be on the team. He was very lightly recruited as a potential uh, walk-on, not a preferred walk-on, as in a come to a tryout and we'll see. And he actually missed his opportunity um, because of something with a waiver or something uh, to try out for Kansas. So he wasn't even able to do that. Uh, but a former player um, basically went to a KU coach and said, hey, you've got to give this guy a look. They turned on his film, and I have seen his film, and it is the most hilarious film I've ever seen because, yeah, he's, he's maybe not the best football player, the most complete football player, but imagine a dude running a 4-2-8-4, now imagine him playing against a bunch of high school guys, and I, that is exactly what that film looks like. There are plays where you know a snap goes over his head in the shotgun, he runs back 10 yards, picks up the ball, and then runs 80 yards for a touchdown. There are actually multiple plays of that on film, so it's, it's absolutely uh, kind of ludicrous, and uh, you know, that, that's been the guy, I think, generally, he's put the Jayhawks in good starting field position. He's not as, as shifty. He's not as elusive as Cook Williams, but uh, that is definitely a dude who has straight line speed. So I think the Jayhawks are actually pretty good in that regard. And then uh, Kenny Logan is another name that they, they like to use back there at kick return. Scott, looking to your crystal ball, have we seen uh, Puka Williams for the last time in a KU uniform? Yeah, I would say I would think that that has to be the case. You know, coming into this year, we had heard that his NFL feeling could be as high as a day two selection. Now, um, having covered Kansas uh, a few years, I, what I found, and this is not to, to denigrate the program or make fun of anyone, is usually when they tell you what someone's feeling is at Kansas, you have to add three rounds to it. And I think that's kind of showed itself with even guys like Daniel Wise, Dorrance Armstrong, a little bit locally in Texas. Um, and the same thing last year with Akeem Adenogy, where everyone was saying, hey, this could be a guy that, you know, maybe if things break right, he's a third-round pick, maybe day two. That's what he was hearing. Uh, and he goes with the first pick in the sixth round. So, you know, we, we've heard that he could be as, as high as the day two selection. Now, you know, I, I don't know if the, the ankle, the lingering, whatever lower leg injury that he's dealing with, um, I don't know if that will scare people off. I don't know if the lack of production uh, this year will scare people off. I, I really don't think it should, given the state of the Kansas roster. And I believe he's actually, according to Pro Football Focus, forced the, the highest percentage of missed tackles on his runs of any Big 12 running back since, like, you know, the last 16 or 17 years, something like that. So he's very clearly uh, got the talent to do it. Um, I, I think there will be some questions asked there, but, no, I, I expect him to be off to the NFL. And um, I wouldn't be stunned out of my mind beyond disbelief if he played another snap of college. Uh, but I would probably be a little bit surprised if uh, he wasn't trying to make it in the NFL this year. Scott, I'm going to assume that on Kansas 24-7 sports that uh, there's a lot on the uh, the in-state matchup with K-State this week. 
Yeah, there there's some, and there's going to be a lot more just because, I mean, last year was a game that sold out uh, tickets-wise, and it won't this year, uh, sold out at Kansas. But you had uh, even some controversy when uh, when the, the docu-series behind KU football showed Les Miles giving a speech in the locker room, and he famously said, uh, who the bleep is K-State? And then K-State players mentioned uh, a lot of that after they kind of stomped Kansas. So it's, it's definitely a game a lot of people care about. Scott, thanks. Hey, we appreciate your time. Look forward to visiting with you soon. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. Scott Chasen from uh, Kansas 24-7 Sports.